0: Hi, erotica lovers. Welcome to a short erotic sex story written and told by Lala's Bedtime Tales. I just wanted to drop in with some quick announcements, but be sure to keep listening to see how an unforgettable mistake ends. It'll take you on a wild and very erotic ride. If you haven't already, please show me your favorite erotic storytelling podcaster and erotica writer some love by giving the podcast a 5-star rating and review. It's crucial that you review the podcast because as an erotic writer and storyteller, I am always interested in feedback and knowing your thoughts on the stories I share with you all. Also, it allows other erotica lovers and our smutty pals to find Lala's Bedtime Tells Erotic Stories wherever they enjoy listening to podcasts. Do you want to help support this amazing erotic storytelling podcast? Do you love, love Lala's Bedtime Tales, but want more content, especially exclusive content? Then join Lala's Bedtime Tales exclusive Patreon community. I offer varying tiers starting as low as $2.50 a month. If you join the just the tip level. Starting at $5 a month, you will receive a ton, I mean, a ton of exclusive content like episode soundtracks and playlists, early access and ad free podcast episodes, behind the scenes of my writing process as shadowed on the podcast, voting rights of what stories deserve a continuation, video tellings of your fave stories, or a first look at my new work. And that's just a few of the perks I'm offering. There are so, so many more. If you want more of Lala, you enjoy smutty erotic content, want love and sex advice, and sexual health education bonus content, then check out the show notes to join my Patreon. Also, thank you so much for being dedicated listeners to my podcast. In less than two years, I've hit over 100,000 listens. So please, let's get to know each other by you all following me on social media, subscribing to my YouTube channel, and joining the Facebook group because I would absolutely love to hear from you all and connect with you guys. Lastly, be sure to subscribe to my podcast so you'll be alerted whenever there's a new sexy audio erotic tale for your listening pleasure. If you're a Spotify listener, be sure to take the poll at the end of this episode or let me know your thoughts about the complete story in Spotify interactions. While I like to get a little nasty as much as the next person, please keep them PG or PG-13 so that I can share them with the world. (laughs) Keep listening because you are in for a sexy little treat with this wild erotic tale. Enjoy! Attention, attention, I'm dropping in with a spoiler alert and trigger warning. First, this is the second part of a two-part story, so if you haven't listened to part one of An Unforgettable Mistake, then hit the pause button and go back to listen to the first part. I highly encourage you to do so Or else, you will be super fucking confused. You've been warned. Second, your mental health is essential to me. And I want you to protect your peace at all costs. Therefore, the latest episode deals with dubious consent and suicidal ideations. So, viewer discretion is advised. It's time for Lala's Bedtime Tales. Grab your wine, dim the lights, and get ready to listen to an oh-so-sexy bedtime story. I'm Lala, and I want to tell you an erotic story guaranteed to turn you on and get you hot and bothered. So, listen up. Hi there, gorgeous. Part one of an unforgettable mistake ended on a cliffhanger of constant suffering from a traumatic brain injury and retrograde amnesia, leaving her with the inability to remember the last five years of her life. Her poor mind is trapped back in 2018 at the CIA training facility with her past lover, Malik Richards, keep listening to find out how Constance will be dealing with her new reality and if she'll ever regain her memories. Are you sure you don't want to go to your own home? Since the hospital released you into my care, I got your current home address from work. I want you to be as comfortable as possible. Malik states solicitously. Glancing over his shoulder at me as he unlocks the door to his brownstone, I feel a sharp pain like a stab of a knife to my heart hearing Malik mention work, the CIA, my dream job that I had worked for five years but couldn't remember past the excitement of embarking on my journey at the farm. My heart rate picked up pace at the thought of going to a home I couldn't remember. A place that the 2023 Constance saw as a potential place of solace that I wouldn't be able to find peace of mind because it may feel like some stranger's home. Who was Constance Townsend now? A lot could change in five years. Constance, are you okay with staying here with me until you get back on your feet? Malik questions, pulling me out of my introspection. A lot has changed in five years because the Malik I knew at Camp Perry lived in a home that didn't look like a male college dorm pigsty. His brownstone interior was sleek and minimalist and cleaner than expected. I have no family. You're a familiar face. I feel a bond and closeness to you. So I'd rather stay here with you than in a home that wouldn't feel like my own and Even if, technically, it belongs to me, I answer, shocked by my own earnest response, revealing feelings for Malik I didn't realize I harbored until I'd spoken the words. His face softened and the lines of weariness that had taken permanent real estate on his gorgeous face since we left the hospital disappeared for a moment. Malik grabs my hand, ushering me further into his home. He gives me a tour of his swanky brownstone so I can feel more at ease, as he shows me around the kitchen, telling me I'm welcome to any food and if I add anything to his shopping list via Alexa, it'll be added to his next scheduled grocery delivery. Malik's tour ends in his guest bedroom, which is down the hall from his bedroom. I sit on the black comforter of the queen size bed as Malik goes to get me a set of bath linen to utilize for the duration of my stay. I feel out of sorts because the last memory I can remember is laughing in bed with Malik after hot marathon sex in our living quarters at Camp Perry. I have no idea what became of our relationship over these last five years. I'd hope we at least kept our friendship strong if nothing romantic materialized from it. I knew giving into my frustrations of the retrograde amnesia or the short-term forgetfulness that the TBI was causing, but I knew my road to recovery would be difficult. A soft finger strokes my cheek, wiping away wetness from the tears I didn't realize had fallen. I look into Malik's face that is blurred by the tears hovering on my bottom eyelids, threatening to fall. I turned my head feeling like an idiot, roughly brushing away my unshed tears with a hill on my palm. My rage boils inside of me like an exploding inferno. The world wasn't fair and everything in my universe was off its kilter. Hey, baby girl, it's been a rough few days and it's late. Don't overexert yourself. Take a bath or a shower and get some rest. I'll be right down the hall in my room getting any last-minute things you need sorted out with your leave from work and your rehabilitation that you start these next few weeks. I got you, girl. You know, I always have and always will. Malik declares, kissing my forehead, leaving to allow me some privacy. Get your shit together, I whisper aloud. Trying to give myself a pep talk, but miserably failing at the task because the knife I felt stabbing into my heart only dove deeper. Hot rage bubbling from my inside in the shape of fat tears cascading down my face. I collapsed to the floor, angrily sobbing and banging on the wooden floorboards. How could this be my reality? Five years. Half a decade. In the blink of an eye, those years were just a race. I was missing five years of me. I had to get off this floor and forget my pity party. I'd had experienced too much loss in my life to let my fucking TBI be what breaks my soul. I sucked up the snot from my nose, rubbing any residual mess of my tearful fit off my face with the back of my hand. I took a few slow, deep breaths, trying to ground myself while fighting off the anxiety that was trying to consume me. But, even after my shower, which would have typically calmed me down, I still couldn't bring myself to feel any peace alone in the queen-sized bed in pitch darkness with my sleep evading me. I angrily thrust back the bedding, standing to my feet, and find myself walking down the hall towards Malik's bedroom. I see a soft glow of light illuminating the hallway from his room as I creep towards it on shaky legs. I slid my petite frame through the sliver of the door before my nerves got the best of me. Malik sits up in bed with alarm crossing his face, but I give him a shy smile. I drink in Malik's smooth, radiant walnut brown skin as his taut abs flex as he moves to a more seated position on the bed malik sleeps naked if my memories of our time together at camp Perry serve me right my mouth salivates at the thought of him naked beneath the black satin sheets that are curled around his hips is everything okay baby girl you need something malik anxiously inquires his hands rubbing the rag fitted snugly against his forehead yes i need you I can't fall asleep in that big bed alone when my most recent memories are me sleeping in your arms. I mumble, whisking his oversized shirt over my head that he'd given me to sleep in for the night until he could arrange for our things from Texas to get delivered to his home since I was too cowardly to step foot into my own D.C. home. I stood naked before him feeling sexual heat pricking my skin as Malik's hungry gaze roamed my body. I crawled onto the bed to sit straddled atop his body. You're not thinking correctly. I won't take advantage of you, Malik responds while his big erection grazes my throbbing clitoris through the sheet. I slowly rock my hips, dry humping him just above the bed sheets and causing his manhood to flex at the fill of me. Well, your little buddy isn't in agreement with your little declaration. I tease before closing the small distance between him with my lips. I find so much comfort in the hot, wet, passionate tangle of our mouths as we both fight to control our kiss. Malik pulls away with a gentle bite to my bottom lip. He delves his head to tug one of my erect nipples into his mouth. I throw back my head in pleasure as his tongue swirls around my nipple As he sucks it hard into his mouth, his other hand anchors me to his body with a squeeze of my right ass cheek. I fumble between us, removing the barrier of the sheet to grab hold of his big, thick, erect dick. I stroke his large, girthy cock with my hand. I massage and play with his balls while he tortures my nipples with his skillful hands and mouth. I work my way up his manhood, slowly stroking his shaft, loving the way it swells even more under my touch. When my hand makes it to the tip, I swipe Malik's pre-cum that's dribbled out and use it to moisten my palm as my grip on his shaft tightens as I jack him off. Shuddering from my palm, stroking his dick, he releases my nipple from between his lips with a loud pop. Damn, baby girl, I need to be inside of that pretty pussy of yours. Give me a second. Malik raps out in a shaky breath. He reaches over to his nightstand, opening the top drawer and searches through it before pulling out a gold condom. I greedily snatch it from his hand, tearing open the wrapper and eagerly sheathing his dick with the latex protection. Malik buries two fingers deep inside my pussy torturing me as the walls of my hot, wet, poor, quiver as he achingly slow, thrusts them in and out, and curls them in a come-hither motion, stroking my G-spot. I let out a hungry whimper as Malik finger-fucks me stupid. Damn, baby girl, your pussy is soaking wet for me. Is my pussy this wet because it's craving my devil dick? Malik barks against my ear, pulling his fingers out of me and leaving my vagina quivering and aching at the sudden emptiness. He slides his dick between my sopping wet pussy lips, making himself nice and loose before he mercilessly slams me onto his cock. I feel a delicious steam from the quick stretch I have to endure to accommodate Malik's big, thick dick. I roll my hips, causing us both to moan as I enjoy the full of Malik's devil dick filling me to the hilt. I bounce up and down, riding his cock, which makes me forget everything around us, but the feel of his big, strong, muscular body against mine, and the buildup of pleasure I feel from bouncing on Malik's devilish manhood. Malik bites and sucks on my neck. His tongue trailing hot ribbons of desire across my skin, making me break out in goosebumps when he finally takes my right nipple into his mouth. He holds me tightly to his body by the left-ass cheek as he pistons into my hot, wet pussy. Malik's stroke game is top tier. His devil dick is making me delirious from sexual ecstasy I feel my orgasm begin to build like a hot fire coursing through my veins. I feel a tight pressure in my ass as Malik slides his finger into the tightness of my butthole. Once completely in my asshole, the slight pain turns into a pleasurable taboo feeling. A single thrust from his finger up my ass makes me go up in flames as I scream out my orgasm clamping down on his dick and convulsing around him. Malik pumps into me relentlessly, his breathing becoming erratic as he calms hard. I keggle my pussy, milking his release from his body as his sweaty forehead collapses against my chest. In the aftermath of our fucking, our breathing evens out. My limbs feel like jelly when Malik lifts me off his dick and gently lays me on the bed. He goes into the bathroom to dispose of the condom. I feel a warm, damp cloth between my thighs, causing me to purr with delight as Malik cleans me up. Getting back into the bed, he cradles me in his arms with my back to his front. I feel myself finally finding peace in the familiar warmth of Malik's comforting embrace. At this moment, I feel serene. I know I can overcome anything with an amazing man like Malik by my side. I barely allow Malik's car to come to a complete stop before jumping out of the moving vehicle to hightail it to my bedroom. I stumble, hitting the ground before I can make it to the comfort of the bed. Fuck, my coordination was shot to hell. I rise to my knees, tears blurring my vision as I yank all the bedding off the bed in a fit of rage. I trip over my feet again, knocking a lamp off of the bedside table. Once upon a time ago, I was poised, graceful, and stealthy. But this stupid TBI had me clumsy and uncoordinated, even after weeks of physical therapy, I had worked. So hard to obtain my dream of becoming a CIA agent, and now it was up in the air if I'd ever be able to resume that field of work. Not only was I frustrated about my dream career slipping through my fingers like grains of sand, but I couldn't even fucking remember how I got to this point in life. I ripped items out of the end table drawers between sobs, and when my anger is still potent after destroying those valuables, I tug out the drawer and throw it against the wall. I had spent days on in at countless doctors, undergoing cognitive rehabilitation therapy to neuropsychology sessions, and nothing, nothing was helping. I was stunted and trapped in 2018, living my life on a time loop of being at Camp Perry. Every morning, my alarm would wake me and I'd awake to an out-of-body experience of being in a foreign bed in a strange room that looked nothing like my Camp Perry living quarters. I was so fucked in the head that I now had issues concentrating. I'd start to brush my teeth. And halfway through, I stop and begin washing my face. Or only halfway tie a sneaker without finishing each task. Tasks that we all take for granted and do subconsciously like a second nature. Through blurry, tear-blocked vision, I rage, feeling angrier and angrier about my situation. I ripped my clothes from the hangers in the closet, then slammed the door open and closed a few times once my clothes lay in a heap on the floor. Hell, I have even lost my sense of freedom. My cognitive impairment keeps me from driving a fucking car. I had to slowly rely on Malik for transportation. <laughs> I bark out a hollow laugh. Thinking about only a week ago, I couldn't find my car in the grocery store parking lot, only for Malik to call the police because I had gone missing, and them to tell me I had Ubered there. I dropped to my knees on the hardwood floor. I feel like an elephant is sitting on my chest. I can't breathe, I can't see, and my heart is pounding erratically against my breastbone. I see shards of glass on the floor from the shattered lamp. Fuck. I had made a mess of Malik's guest room. But did it matter? He'd just come in and look at me with those pitiful eyes like he did earlier this week when I almost burned his house down because I forgot I was using the stove. Or the sorrowful hurt gaze he turned on me when I almost walked out the house this morning with no clothes on. The TBI had me aging backwards like Benjamin Button. I feel like a toddler trapped in a grown woman's body. I wasn't even the courageous, gorgeous, spontaneous, Constance Townsend, everyone knew and loved. When I looked in the mirror nowadays, I see this pitiful shell of a woman. The pity. The pity in my doctor's eyes. The pity in Malik's face all the fucking pity was one of the worst things to bear how could I go on like this what if this were my new reality the uncontrollable rage the moody outbursts like reliving my teen years again the feeling of hopelessness and loss of myself because I couldn't remember anything the shiny lamp shard caught my side again I had lost myself. I was no longer constant. and the reinvention of myself would be a long, bumpy road. Each day, a piece of my soul chipped away. The TBI splintered my resilience and tenacity with every bad physical therapy appointment, cheerful neuropsychology visit, and no improvement news from each doctor's appointment. I crawled to the lamp shard and held it in my hand, examining it. Would it be such a bad thing to end it all? I had no family left. I had no career. I was a burden on Malik. Why the fuck am I still here? How cruel of a fate to survive a near-death experience, to physically live, but to be mentally damaged and emotionally dead on the inside. I hold the shard to my wrist, tuning out the world around me. I close my eyes and slice downward towards my wrist. But I feel no burning searing pain and a cry of agony doesn't leave my lips what the fuck jesus constance malik chastises me wrapping his arm around me and carrying me bridal style out of the guest bedroom i cling to his neck my body wrenching out loud sobs i cry for what feels like (laughs) hours I awake in a dark room, startled with Malik rubbing my back and cooing at me that it'll be okay. Constance, you matter, and I am here for you as long as you need me, Malik whispers in my ear. But what if this is my new normal? I can't burden you with my troubles forever. I cry, feeling hot tears roll down my cheeks. Then it'll be our new normal you're not in this alone i may not know what you're feeling but i see you and any progress is progress and if you don't ever remember the last five years hell we can write those years and move forward with new memories for the rest of your life you're my girl my soulmate. i ride for you i die for you baby girl malik declares rubbing my back and kissing my hair. I snuggled into Malik's arms, feeling some hope amidst my pain. It felt good to have Malik in my corner. I felt like I could go 10 rounds with Canelo and he'd knock me down 10 times, but Malik would give me the strength to get up and not tap out each time. Maybe my new reality wouldn't be the end of my world. These past few months had passed achingly slow. It definitely had been one of the hardest times in my life that I could remember. Struggling through every physical therapy appointment until my coordination and mobility had started to get back to normal had been absolute hell. But slowly and surely, in the physiological aspects of my brain injury, I was healing. The disappointing side was my memory hadn't come back and the struggles were real when it came to my cognitive behavior my silver lining in this bullshit had become malik my personal cheerleader malik is my rock the person who was keeping me going through this personal hell on earth i smiled across the table at the most handsome but most importantly selfless, compassionate, and amazing man in the world. Malik was the man of every woman's wildest dreams, and he was mine. I couldn't imagine ever being apart from him in this lifetime. Tonight, he had brought me out to celebrate the small wins with me on this rocky path to recovery, I was becoming one with my body again in the physical sense, and if I kept progressing, it'd only be a matter of time before I started showing cognitive improvements. I felt a heaviness drop in the pit of my stomach and felt a dark cloud start to hover over my head as a sharp stab hit my heart. Even though I had been given some positive news, it didn't go without the bad news that my memory may never return because my neurologist and neuropsychologist were seeing very little progression with my cognitive impairments. You look stunning, Malik Compliment, stroking my hand, sending desire through my veins like electric currents. His deep baritone voice was my kryptonite along with his scent and of course that good old devil dick. I can't believe that man's childish but accurate nickname for his manhood had wormed its way into my mind so deeply that he had me calling it by that name too. Thank you. I'm sure you do love this slinky number that you picked out for me. I teased, stroking my hand down the silk of this sexy lilac bodycon midi summer dress that hugged every inch of the slight curves of my petite frame. Malik had begun picking out my clothes and laying them on the bed, making it easier for me to remember to dress every morning. But I didn't want that depressing thought or any negativity to ruin this night of celebration. Why, of course. Your nipples on display are the best part, baby girl. Malik jokes, winking at me and causing my body to shiver from the sexual anticipation, making me wet between my thighs. The dress was backless making it impossible for me to wear a bra and the feel of the silk against my bare breasts was erotic without Malik's sexy little reminder. I think I'm ready to go home I exclaim more than ready to take a long hard ride on my best friend Mr. Devil Dick. I squirm in my seat rubbing my thighs together, trying to get some relief from the throbbing of my clitoris and clenching of my hot, wet, whore. I don't know. We haven't had dessert yet. That's the best part of any celebration. Malik spurs me, licking his thick lips, lips that I was overly eager about caressing my body. Malik's lips were so fucking amazing. And his tongue tricks were out of this world. I definitely couldn't sit through dinner while wanting the fill of his lips and tongue on my breast and between my thighs. Malik, I need you. In all the best ways. Let's skip dessert. I'll be your sweet treat. I bargained, giving a smile and stroking my foot up his pants leg under the table. I let out a huff when a silver platter is placed in front of me by our waiter. (gasps) I gaps at the sight of the Tiffany blue box when the lid is raised. I lose my shit when Malik kneels beside me grabbing my hand. Constance, baby girl, my forever woman, you mean the world to me. Even though we've only recently reconnected, my love for you over the past five years has never faded. Baby girl, shit, you already know your boy was ready to hang up his player jersey from you the moment we first met because you had a brother falling hard for you, girl. Even though you weren't too sure about me playing hard to get and making a homie sweat... But baby girl, I knew deep down that we were meant to be together forever. In these past few months, we've been through so much together and your resilience and determination have taught me so much about what it truly means to be a strong black woman. Your strength only makes you more beautiful and my heart more full, making me fall more and more in love with you each day. I know crazy circumstances reunited us, but who wants to be a cliché love story anyway? We go together better than Monica and Quincy, Malik proclaims, pausing to listen to my laughter. (laughs) He wipes the stray joyful tears from my cheeks before continuing. As I look into your eyes, I know with every fiber of my being that you are my soulmate. You have my heart, my soul and my commitment to stand by you no matter what. I can't wait to create new memories together, ones that we will treasure for a lifetime. So what do you say, baby girl? Become my wife. I feel a myriad of emotions flow through me, such as fear, pure joy, doubt. But what has me nodding my head is the feeling of overwhelming gratitude that I have for this man. I don't know if I'm in love with him or if I've ever been, but for him to stand by my side graciously and selflessly in my darkest moment, I know I can fall in love with a man like Malik. What woman would be able to resist his charms? I fling myself at him, knocking him over after I pepper his face with kisses. In true Malik fashion, he ungracefully staggers to his feet not breaking our kiss and waltzes out of the restaurant with me wrapped around his body as soon as the door opens we begin ripping each other's clothes off we fall into his bed naked and clumsily with our limbs awkwardly tangled he worships my body with his tongue mouth and fingers until i'm a withering mess he quickly slides on the condom and plunges into my hot wet pussy Malik and I have always fucked dirty, hard, and aggressive, almost like we're two wrestlers going for the championship belt, yet tonight, our sex is different. Malik kisses me softly and thrusts into me slowly and reverently, as if he wants to savor this moment in time between us. We rarely do it in missionary because it's always has felt too intimate for me but the look of irrevocable love and awe-worthy praise in his eyes as he watches me causes me to wrap my legs around his waist tighter and pull him closer to me, never wanting to let him go. We make love until our bodies are slick with sweat and we can't hold off our orgasms. We come together, his slow love-making shattering me yet building the splinter parts of my souls back together. My breathing and heart rate slows as Malik slips out of me to dispose of the condom. He comes back to the bed, pulling me on top of him and cocooning me with the natural warmth of his body. I listen to the even thud of his heartbeat as he drifts into sleep. These past few months, I had worried about not feeling like I belonged anywhere without knowing my current identity, feeling lost and with no home. But in Malik's arms, I've realized that he has always felt like home and will forever create a safe place for me to land. I mean, you can't quote one of the top five black romance movies of all time and not expect me to want to watch the movie, Malik. I mean, you're setting our standard pretty high by stating we're more meant to be than Monica and Quincy in Love and Basketball, I exclaim, carrying the bowl of popcorn into the living room. Of course I can, baby girl. We're the better duo. People just haven't heard of us yet, Malik states with his overly inflated ego. I roll my eyes, flopping down beside him and cuddling into his side. We're not even halfway through the movie when the doorbell rings. Malik grumbles and goes to the door to get the pizza we ordered about 15 minutes ago. They must be having an incredibly slow night for it to get delivered so fast. I freeze in my seat on the couch when I hear a loud commotion grappling and angry shouts. I hear a loud scruffy demand of where the fuck is she? Followed by my name being yelled. I begrudgingly rise from the couch and make my presence known. The air is sucked out of me when a man as sexy as Shamar Moore with dreads comes into my presence. He's gorgeous and tall and my heart flutters. My stomach flipping and sparks of lust course through my veins. I freeze in fear my heart rate accelerating, causing me to recoil when he calls me baby and tries to pull me into a big bear hug. I don't know you. Don't fucking touch me. I yell, opening my mouth to scream for Malik. Malik appears with a busted look before his name can escape my parted lips. I see hurt, concern, and anger flash across the gorgeous stranger's face from my rejection of his embrace the fear in my eyes and my inability to recall who the fuck he is and even if he has any value in my life to me. Fuck, man, you didn't tell her? The strange man yells over his shoulder at Malik, causing me to jump. He reaches out to touch me but thinks better of it, awkwardly dropping his hand to his side. I look between my fiancé and this strange man waiting for one of them to speak. Well... I feel like there's an elephant in this room that needs to be addressed. Who the fuck are you? Malik. Baby, who is he? I questioned, feeling my skin break out in goosebumps from the ghostly and remorseful look on Malik's face. Damn, man. Have you been playing house with my wife while I've been trying to get to her as fast as I can? The man asks is in disgust. Wife. I'm already someone's wife. Very funny. I'm engaged to Malik. (laughs) This has to be a joke. I snort, but neither man joins in on my laughter. The strange man glares between us stonily, and Malik rubs his neck awkwardly. There is so much tension in this room that I didn't even think a machete could cut through it. Baby... We've been married for three and a half years. I'm a botanist and we both travel a lot for work. I was stationed in fucking Timbuktu. So it took me forever to get word of what happened and for me to get back to the States. The handsome man says, stunning me into shock. I feel an odd closeness to him. His scent seems familiar and intoxicating, but... I have no recollection of him. Malik? I asked confused, needing my rock to shed some light on the situation before me. It's true. He's your next of kin and emergency contact. They released you into my care since you consented to it, and it was a temporary arrangement, but months passed and I thought maybe there was an estrangement and... Malik explained. How the fuck could you? It's all been a lie? I shrieked at him, feeling icky and violated and out of sorts. I felt like I was suffocating. Malik wasn't charming and selfless. He was selfish and conniving. My false sense of security began to shatter. I had never felt more alone in my life than in this moment apparently I had a husband I didn't know and a best friend that had betrayed me I couldn't breathe I couldn't move I could only feel lost and confused did I go home with a stranger I didn't know or stay put with the man that had become my world oh my oh my I feel like this erotic tale took us on an extremely wild and chaotic journey. What would you do if you were constant? Would you work through the betrayal with Malik? Or try to settle into a normalcy with the strange man that's your supposed husband? If you want a continuation of the story, be sure to join my Patreon for exclusive voting rights. Don't be afraid to follow me on Instagram and slide in my DMs to let me know your thoughts on Lala's Bedtime Tales podcast. Until next time, ta-ta for now. Oh, so hot and sexy bedtime stories from Lala's Bedtime Bedtime, Tales. Thanks for tuning in to this week's Erotic Tale. For more erotic stories, sex tips, love advice, and sexual education, check out lalasbedtimetales.com and add me on Instagram for more erotic and sensual content at Lala's bedtime Tales. Please comment and share your fave sexy bedtime stories with erotica enthusiasts like you and me. Ta-ta until next time, sexies.